so you did something funny just now where we were talking a little bit before and you were saying how you don't consider yourself a photographer and then you were showing me pictures that you took recently and they look pretty amazing which is pretty funny about how photographers do that but you know it is funny <laughs> well I don't have the I'd say technical knowledge of photography so that's why I guess I can call myself a photographer because everybody is a photographer then if you don't have a technical knowledge of photography, but have a knife for beauty. That's all that really matters. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think what's going to be interesting with this episode, I think this might be one of the first ones we do without an intro, probably trying something new. So I'm going to give people context. Uh, Masha is a photographer, art, artist, an artistically minded person here in Brooklyn who I've been following on Instagram for ages. And to be perfectly honest with you, I find you fucking quite fascinating as fuck. Which is why I wanted to talk to you. I think people find you fascinating too. Uh, to just jump into everything, like, where, tell people, where are you from? Um, I'm Russian, but been living in New York for the past seven years and three months. So it's been an interesting journey for me. Does it surprise you that it's been this long? Uh, I'd say after five years of living here, I, I turned back and I'm like, holy shit, it's been five years. <laughs> but you know, time passes by and you don't notice seven years. I know it's, it's going to be 10 years, probably in two years and a half. So I don't notice it anymore. But it's definitely been a very interesting period of my life. It's like a different life within my life. I think what's really cool about you, and I feel like this is why people like you are important who have like a good artistic eye for things. And not just like with work, but just like in very much like how you make even like Instagram stories and stuff like that. I feel like a lot of us people live in New York forget how to live here. Like the important thing, like just existing. And I feel like whenever I look at stuff you're doing, you're always Ex living like you're always experiencing this place Aww. which you could yeah it's true though thank you I think it's very easy to forget to do that so it's nice that you're constantly doing that to yourself well yeah I remember you know when you move to New York you grind you work a lot yeah and I remember one day I was walking from work thinking why I even live here for work like I don't have time for anything I come home getting tired like it doesn't matter where you live with this kid, or New York, or New Jersey, or Russia. And that switched me, that changed me. I wake up every morning, go outside, and got them enjoy the life. Yeah, and it's important. Mm -hmm. Tell me this, what was it that originally brought you to New York? Because we, while we were talking earlier, I don't think we touched on that. Uh -huh. Like, what was the origin story of you coming here? Um, For me, it was college, so that's kind of as boring as it gets, I think. Well, for me, it's a little bit college, but not really. I studied linguistics in St. Petersburg in Russia. No mm. shit. Mm -hmm. I always said that if I didn't study graphic design, I would have wanted to study linguistics, even though I was shit at languages in high school, so that makes no sense. Mm -hmm. But that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and while being a student, I came to America twice. The first time um, in America, I spent three months in St. Petersburg, St. Petersburg, funny, St. Petersburg, Florida. You did? Yeah, it was super boring, super boring. <laughs> I'm sorry, Florida people, but it was insanely boring. <laughs> nice place, you know, to retire, I'd say. Not beautiful climate and stuff, but um, then I came back next summer and I came back to New York, fell in love with New York, in particular with music scene. 
never played music, but been a big fan of music. I feel like music, still trying to figure out what's more important in my life, photography and visual aspect of it or music, because I cannot live without both of them, even though I'm not a musician, as I said. And <clears throat> after I graduated from college in St. Petersburg, you know, I'm a linguist and I gotta go and practice language and uh, I was planning to go to France because my second language was, I studied was French. And I randomly applied for American visa, somehow got it, because for Russians it's pretty tricky to get it. Yeah, we talked about that a bit, how mm -hmm. it's like the world is like perpetually yeah. punishing uh -huh. Russians for history. Yep. And uh, I remember sitting in Russia with this American visa in my hands and I was thinking, should I go to America or France? But then all my friends, like, you got the visa, you gotta go, it's a sign. I'm like, oh, I guess it's a sign. So I came to America and that's how I ended up being here. <laughs> that's wicked, man. Yeah, I also decided to go to, back to school and here and just graduated last May. Yeah, I remember that. You, uh -huh. Yeah, what did you, what, were you studying more linguistics or what did you go no, to? No, 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 no. Um, I decided to go and study something that I didn't like because I decided to challenge myself. That's, that's crazy thing, right? You have like a very, like, uh, what is it we say back home? You have a very um, uh, cheeky smile on right now. What, what did you study? <laughs> I studied um, communications, advertising and marketing oh. communications. But I've never been this business-oriented person in my life. I was this yeah. artistic type, you know. It's all about art, no money involved. Like, that was me. But no, then, I, I can understand that, because I feel mm -hmm. like when you're in university and you go to the communication side of things, it's almost like they try to beat the creativity out of you. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of attracted me, because I was thinking, hmm, if I don't like it, there is something interesting about it. I, I should go and learn it and probably find something interesting in it. Yeah. Plus, I have lots of friends who are musicians, artists, designers, photographers, you know, so many talented people, but they don't know how to deliver their art to others, so I decided to be, to help them to be this little bridge between audience yeah. and and art, so when is that it? Do you know it was a funny story uh, in regards to what you're saying? So mm -hmm. I went to school for graphic design, mm -hmm. but uh, I went in with the vaguest ideas of what it was about, and I remember, what was it, I was like 18, I remember about a good, I wanna say two or three weeks after uh -huh. school, I was like, being in school, I was like, shit, I don't wanna do this. <laughs> How quick was it for you when you realized you didn't wanna do communications? Was it, did it take a while or was it pretty quick? Um, no, it's it's the opposite, actually. In general, I didn't want to do it, but then... Oh, you found yourself liking it while you were there? Exactly. Oh, you lucky fucker. I, didn't, mm -hmm. I don't know what that's like. That sounds nice. But at the same time, you know, <laughs> at the same time in Russia, well, Russian system of education works that way. When you, when you graduate from high school, yeah. most Russians go to um, college immediately so you don't have you're 17 you don't have time to think about what you want to do who you are but you just go whatever study for whatever that's why i went to study linguistics it's not that i wanted to be a linguist my whole life no i just had to pick something yeah. so i picked languages which i'm kind of grateful about nowadays yeah. but uh, i remember in three uh, after three years of college I was thinking, it's not what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, but in Russia, if you started the program, 
if you quit it, that's it. You got to start all, all over again. They won't transfer the credits, mm -hmm. like an American system of education. Oh, wow. So I decided to still graduate with like linguistics degree. And, uh, yeah. you know. I feel like I should add a little bit of context because some friends of mine noticed this about me that I have like a very big fascination and fixation with Russia in general. A lot of that has to do with people that I grew up with when I was younger, but a big thing as well. Um, I studied some Russian art when I was in college mm -hmm. and my thesis was about I'm gonna get super pretentious. Good thing I'm wearing glasses, right? I'm wearing glasses, uh -huh, so I'm pretentious uh -huh. now. But my thesis was about how art influenced Russian society for over a, for a century, but how Russian people didn't notice that. Like kind of uh -huh. like how subversive art can be when it's not so overt. Yeah. And I feel like what's really interesting about Russians in general, like mm -hmm. as a people, is I feel like people have so many misconceptions or ideas of Rus what r Russian people are. But then you get to know them, and it's just like completely different because I've oh, experienced yeah. Russian people are very warm and welcoming mm -hmm. and loyal mm -hmm. and uh, very passionate mm -hmm. but I think if you put on a movie people think Russian people are very like stiff face upper I lip, know like, vodka all the time I know I hear I actually hear this all the time you're the most smiley person I ever know <laughs> I, I'm like what are you talking about all the Russians are kind of, you are not grumpy all the time you know maybe a little bit close, a little bit suspiciously, <laughs> but that's historically, you know. Yeah, you know, another thing I think is really cool about you, and I wanted to delve into, we delved into this a little bit when we were talking about before, but like, um, you love to travel, I and do. you do it with a, well, I think usually, at least to me anyway, you do it with this really good approach of spontaneity, which mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people like to think they could do but mm -hmm. you really live it like what was it a few months ago it was china you were in right uh Ho hong kong yeah hong kong yeah <laughs> that was crazy all my friends like what are you doing in hong kong i'm like just decided to check it out <laughs> well the thing is i will it was my last spring break and yeah. i was thinking okay i should go somewhere and i would always go to israel because i have friends there and it's a Passover time for them, so they have days off, so we can spend time. Yeah. But this time, my friends from Israel were going to Europe, and I'm like, there is no point to go to Israel if my friends are not there. And uh, I was talking to my friend who lives in China, and he's like, why don't you come to Hong Kong? And for me, Hong Kong was a completely different planet. I thought it is so far expensive, like, it's, you know, you, I thought that you have to prepare yourself for that type of trip. Yeah. Then, while talking to him, I immediately checked the tickets. Tickets are cheap. Then found out that uh, Hong Kong used to be a colony of Great Britain until 1997, yeah. meaning that everybody speaks English in there, which is a big plus because in China not that many people speak mm -hmm. English. Three, uh, found out that being Russian, I don't need a visa to go there. And immediately, while talking to my friend, I like, buy a ticket, bought a ticket, and just Holy went shit. there. That's and what it. was the experience like? I mean, because I, I just want to say, I imagine that's a place, uh, I, what was it? No, we went to Hong Kong, I was very little, but we had like a layover, mm -hmm. and we stayed there for a day or two with my family, but I don't remember it. I was like uh -huh. four or five. But I feel like Hong Kong is one of those places you would have an idea of what it's like before you go, and then when you go, it's like completely the opposite, or it's uh, different. Like, what was it like to go there? Well, I had one, I had no idea what Hong Kong is. <laughs> in my head, I just remember to know some images of Hong Kong with like this skyscrapers and stuff. You know, for anybody listening, that's you too. Don't lie to yourself. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> yeah, but um, 
after visiting Hong Kong, I discovered a completely different world of Asia in general. Very interesting culture, completely different. Um, and Hong Kong itself is a very unique city because it's a combination of these amazing urban scenes and nature. So you just jump on a train, um, do like a couple of stops on the train and you're surrounded by beautiful wild nature which is incredible and that's something that New York, New York is missing. No, completely, mm -hmm. because I mean I used to live by Prospect Park and like of course, you know, on the uh -huh. weekends you walk along the park and it's like you don't really see buildings so you uh -huh. can almost trick yourself but uh -huh. you're aware that you're tricking yourself. Yep. It's very true. No, Hong Kong is a definitely a place to check out. I would love to have like I yeah cause I I really my desire of traveling is to go anywhere I haven't been. Mm -hmm. I was texting a friend a few days ago how like I'd even go to Antarctica. I might think it's stupid on the plane. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to Antarctica. <laughs> wait, wait, have you been to Iceland? Let's say. No, I haven't. I want to go though. I've been to Iceland. You have? Say it's, it was the same the same crazy story. I went. <laughs> I went. So Euro trip, like everybody wants to go to Euro trip, and I had three countries on my list. Mm -hmm. um, Spain, yes. uh, Germany, Berlin particularly, and, and Paris because I had friends in there. Mm -hmm. But after booking all these tickets and, uh, you know, planning, planning one month before the trip, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why don't I stop by Iceland on the way back? Because on the way to, to back to America, and um, it was always my dream to visit Iceland. And I just stopped by there for three days. Didn't have a chance to explore it. Uh, deeply enough because three days is nothing. Yeah, it really isn't. But uh, it's epic. It's a completely different planet. Beautiful people, yeah. beautiful nature, colors are insane. <coughs> Super cold though. Yeah. But I want to go back and, you know, rent a car and go all over the country. You know what's making me laugh internally right now? Why? It's like, because when we were talking, like, before we hit the recorder, uh, we were talking about, like, how people have this misconception that you have to be rich to be uh -huh. traveling. And I feel like right now there's at least one person who's always place like, look at these bourgeoisie fucks <laughs> talking about going to Europe going to in Iceland, yeah. in Hong Kong. <laughs> Meanwhile, can I take a wild guess? Yeah. Any, I can say this, and this is true for people to say, they're going to be a little surprised. I have never traveled and had more than maybe fifteen hundred dollars in my bank account. Like I've yeah. never had a lot of money in my bank account to travel. Yep. I just you too, like so same. It's yeah. <laughs> traveling is people. Traveling is not that scary. It's not that expensive if you if it's one of your priorities. And at the moment, as I said before, it is one of mine. That's a good thing though, because I mean the thing of traveling that's so big for me and I feel like is for a lot of people is that like, I mean New York's amazing and cities are amazing mm -hmm. in general, but you can feel very insular and what's cool about being in a different country, a different town or city or anything like that mm -hmm. is it really forces you to be faced with the fact that people live different lives and that's a mm -hmm. beautiful thing. Yeah, interesting you saying that because my favorite thing when I go to different country is to not go to the museum. So I have a rule, I never go to the museum. I have the same exact rule, yeah. and all my friends think it's crazy. I'm the same way. Yeah, I want to go to like local spots, talk to locals, yeah. and see Or just how people they watch, live. right? Yeah. I love the people watching too. That's, of course. <laughs> Tell me this, like while we're on this tangent, 
Like, and this is a good uh, tangent to go on. Like, I was telling you before about, like, how when I went to Sweden, particularly Gothenburg, I had a very big sense of, like, uh, like, wow, I could live here. Like, I mm -hmm. felt like a big impact. Do you feel like, not necessarily, like, a place you might want to live in, but do you feel like there's a place you've been to and traveling that's really affected you, that you look back on and it's like, you feel a piece of yourself there? Um... Look how more bourgeois I'd, <laughs> I'd say at the moment I feel very. I left my heart in Berlin, as I say. I feel yeah. Berlin could be a, a nice home for me. But I never lived there, I only visited it a few times. And I have very close friends who live there, which makes a huge difference when you travel. So yeah. I even don't know if I like the city or the fact that my close friends live there. <laughs> because like if, after a week, you might be like, oh, this place yeah. sucks ass. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But no, Berlin is beautiful. It's um, very artsy and inspiring and uh, cheap to live in. And uh, beautiful music scene. And I love Berlin. And it's close to, you know, to my home, to Russia. So if it's a weekend and I want to fly out to, to have dinner with my parents, I can do it Wait, a way easier than... Oh them. yeah, going from New York, yeah. that's true. But that's interesting, actually, how close is uh, Germany to Russia, like plane-wise? Well, two hours off. Really? Yeah. It's super, you even can take train. I promise you that people listening are having the same exact thing I'm thinking, but yo, those fucking world maps are so fucking misleading. I know, I know, I know, I know. But it also depends. Half the people listening just had the school map in their head, and they're like... <laughs> no, well, well, the part of Russia I'm from is pretty close to Germany. I mean, pretty close to Sars flight. Oh, yeah. But How, what's it called? How far from Moscow is the town you're from? Um, it's a five hours drive. Oh wow, okay. But we don't count this. <laughs> we fly out from Moscow. So, but if you live on the um, eastern, in the eastern part of Russia, then yeah, it's uh, the whole deal. I was geeking out with you earlier because like I love history and I'm a big fan of like documentaries and stuff. Uh -huh. And I'm particularly fascinated with both World War Two and the fallout of World War Two. Like how weird and fragmented that period of time in the world was, especially when you consider like East and West Berlin and Germany and like uh, Russia and like just that whole part of the world, like it was uh -huh. crazy. But you were telling me how like you were young enough to experience what it was like, like Soviet, the fallout of that. Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy, I always joke about it. I say I was born in communism, grew up in socialism, now I live in capitalism. I like, experienced all, I'd say, Beautiful of this life. You literally couldn't be more like dead on when you say that. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking wow. But you know what? Recently, I was talking to my friend about time and then how crazy, how fast we developed the the, the society and like the technology developed in the past several years. I'm let's say looking at my parents. They were grown. They grew up in Soviet Union times when. Barely, they barely had a TV. Luckily, they had a TV. Yeah. Maybe one person in the neighborhood had a TV, and now they're using Instagram to to like comment on their kids' posts. That's crazy in my head. Like, it's literally what? a different world now. Yeah, my grandma, my grandma, who you're interested in the Second World War. Well, yeah. my grandma 
participated in the Second World War. She was 17 when it started. And imagine, she was in the Second World War, and now I talk to her through Skype or like through shit. FaceTime. What That's, did she do in the Second World War? Um, it's a crazy story. She was 17 when, when the war started. She was actually uh, coming back from her graduation party, like high school graduation party. You know, they, they had fun with friends. And she was walking home and saw people running towards her, crying, and she asked what happened. And they said that the war just got, got declared. And they had um, most kids of her age had to go and work in the hospital or in the factories. So she worked in the hospital during the whole World War II. Holy shit. Like, think about it. Spend the youth that way. It's, in a hospital? Yeah. Like, seeing the death and pain and it's crazy. And I feel like what, like what fascinates me so much with that is that, like, I mean... We're so inundated uh, in our society now with the mm -hmm. aspect of choice and like I feel like there's some people if they were faced with that today they'd be like I would not do that but yeah. it's like back then for a lot of people if you the the aspect of duty was just so much more indignant within inside you. But you you won't have any choice when you don't have windows in your house because because of the bombing happening every single day when you have plastic bags on your windows because you cannot have glass because it's gonna get destroyed. Has she ever talked to you about it? Because I feel oh, like the yeah. stories, wow. Yeah, I see that, I mean, it's pretty painful to talk to her about it and I um, like carefully ask her about stuff. Yeah. But um, it definitely deeply affected her life. Even though some, sometimes people ask me, who you want to be like when you grow up? I'm like, like my grandma. She's a amazing person after the second world war she um, got two higher educations he was the head of the library um, she was a teacher of history in the male school because back in the days they they still had this separate school for males and like for women and men so she's a legend for me and she's still alive hi grandma she's 94 nowadays wow. mm -hmm. well no. I have like, I, you know what I love about this, and I bring this up mm -hmm. sometimes when we do release, when I do these recordings, is that like people are listening but they can't like uh -huh. see faces. So like my face right now is just like holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. That's fucking wicked, man. Uh huh. I had crazy story. Like my grandma, uh, uh, grandpa, who went through the Second World War as well. He has a very, I'd say, for me, it's very sad. When he was a kid, he always wanted to be a fashion designer or a tailor. And wow. now he, he, he knew he had sewing much, he knew how to sew, but then uh, the war started and he had to work in the, whatever, gun factory or whatever, produce something for the yeah. war. And the, the fact of war <clears throat> pushed him away from his dream. He obviously couldn't become a tailor yeah. during that time. I remember being a kid and going to visit him. He always had a sewing machine. He still did it for fun, you know, for as a hobby. He would make he would make clothing for my dolls, for like my Barbies. Um, but it, it didn't become his career because of the war, unfortunately. No. That, that's crazy to think about too. But you know what I think is beautiful? I mean. 
this is gonna sound super like mm -hmm. Walt Disney, but it's like as a testament to like what's beautiful about human lives is that here are these two people, your grandparents, who mm -hmm. didn't achieve the dreams that they mm -hmm. had initially, mm -hmm. but they lived these lives and they ended up having lives after that. Because uh -huh. I think we forget that as people, I'm guilty of this too, where I think so much about my dreams and my goals in the distance that I think to myself, well, if I don't do those things, I can't have a life. But yeah. life is what happens anyway. Exactly. That's all about, uh, if you have a dream, the, what, you, what was the word, pursuing the dream? Oh, like a goal or a pursuit. Per pursuing like, yeah. a goal. Yeah. The, the most important thing is not actually a goal, but the process of getting to this goal, I'd say. That's beautiful. Otherwise, otherwise, it's a waste of time. That's really great. Yeah. You know, tell me this, because I, I brought this up at the beginning of the talk, and I'm going to bring it back around a little bit to hit on this, but... Because we talked a bit about like how hard it is to consider oneself a photographer or a creative, but come on, you take really awesome photos. Tell me when the passion of photography happened, because I would say it's definitely a passion of yours, even if you don't recognize it. I definitely do not recognize it still. She's but, lying. <laughs> She's a liar. I don't know. Honestly, well, I always like to take pictures. I like the visual beauty. I, you know, always notice the lights everywhere and all my, all my friends are laughing at me. Marsh, you're obsessed with the light, but I love the lights and, you know, the frames and everything. But I was just taking pictures for fun and some of my friends were like, you should be a photographer. And I was like, no. And more and more people started to tell me those things. That's when maybe i started to feel a little bit more confident about it but not really i'm still not confident about it but i guess that's people made me to become a little bit of a photographer i just listened to them and listened to their feedback and they're like you're good at it you should you know do it you know me rejecting it no no was still thinking hmm probably that's true if lots of people get this reaction well, tell me this, when you have a camera in your hands, mm -hmm. what does that feel like? Or does it feel like anything at all? Camera? Mm -hmm. well, or even your phone, because sometimes yeah, you take phones your phone. Yeah, well, for me, photography is more about the moment, catching the moment. I don't really care. I still have, uh, my camera is like seven years old. It, it has 12 megapixels in it. My phone is taking better pictures if you look at it. Yeah. But I still use that camera because I don't really care about the, as I said, technical aspect of phot photography. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the moment. Well, it could be limiting. The, the technical aspect could feel limiting at times. Uh, sometimes. Let's say you do like a, a music photography, you definitely need to have a better optics, better equipment. What do you believe, I don't get to talk about this office, it's actually good we're getting <laughs> uh -huh. into this, but like, dead serious. so I started doing photography when I was in college, uh -huh. and it was very much like a thing of just like, something to pass the time, and then it grew into doing what I do, air quotes what I do, but like, um, I've never, apart from like, just the intuitive things you learn along the way, I've never taken a photography class, never googled uh -huh. stuff, I, like, I am so shit with the technical aspects. Uh -huh. But I feel, Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, and this might sound juvenile to some people, but I feel like if you delve too much into the technical aspects of mm -hmm. things, 
you almost lose whatever magic you have. Probably. Magic. Yeah. But talking about the music photography, you have to have a good lens, though, to, to oh, take yeah. pictures in the dark But it's not the best. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, I would say this. Like, I have good stuff, but it's like, I'm conscious that the stuff I have is good enough to mm -hmm. get along. But I feel like it's almost like, it's weird. Like, I know someone's going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck? But I feel like if I had, like, a $3,000 camera uh -huh. or, like, a $10,000 uh -huh. lens, I'm almost afraid of what that would change because I feel like it would just become child's play. Yeah, If it was I too, see. like, succinct. Yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. But I think that ties to my personal taste as well because sometimes I look at photos that are, like, too well done mm -hmm. and it's almost like the artistry feels like it's stripped away. Yeah, I, I can feel it too. Well, you have a great eye. Oh shucks. Oh. <laughs> oh shucks. That's the most important thing, I guess. Good eye, not the. I like to believe it. Like it's the type of th like I'm. I'm not even kidding. I'm not trying to be humble when I say this, but I never imagined this would be something that. Because it's helped me travel and meet other people, and like I mean, you know, because it was Instagram how we uh -huh. met. One of the ways we met, and and talking about Bonobo, which is uh -huh. the fucking best. But yeah. like, uh, like we met essentially when we think about because of photography, and it's mm -hmm. like that's so cool that something like that that's such a random thing mm -hmm. it connects people i think mm -hmm. that's what's really cool about it yeah it definitely does connect people but you know what else another good aspect of photography sometimes i'm scrolling down my phone looking at the pictures yeah. and then like damn i forgot about this moment and thanks god i took a picture it's not necessarily a beautiful picture but it's just a yeah. picture of the moment and that Reminds me of, of something that I forgot about. You know, like, one of the things my friends hate about me, not uh -huh. hate, but they find annoying about me, is that I'm not, like, I don't get nostalgic about things. You know, sometimes uh -huh. people talk about nostalgia and conversations. I, like, never do that. But something I've gotten a bit better at is sometimes I'll scroll, because I post quite a bit, uh -huh. sometimes I'll scroll down Instagram and look at something that happened a year or two ago. Uh -huh. And it's, like, the feeling of looking at a photo that instantly transports you to a moment. Yep. It feels so great. There's I this know. band from Spain called um, Heinz, like that all girl band, you know? Uh -huh. Heinz? Yeah. Uh -uh. They're really good. I'd recommend them. And I've done their photo, their portraits a lot mm -hmm. of times. And I remember I did a portrait of them at Music Hall Women's uh -huh. by the stairs. And I was shocked that we were making jokes back uh -huh. and forth. And um, they were laughing while I was taking the photo. And there's a photo where they're laughing and one of the girls, it's all a girl band, one of the uh -huh. girls like has her face out because she's laughing so much. <laughs> and I was re-looking at this photo a couple weeks ago and I was just thinking, like, it instantly transported me to that laughter. Like, it felt so good. Yeah, that's amazing. But yeah. also, like, you remember, besides the environment you were taking pictures, pic this picture at, besides the people who were surrounded by at that moment, you yourself were a different person. Sometimes I look at the picture that I took like five years ago, and you yeah. know, you had a particular taste, and I don't know, in, even in colors. You were going through a certain period of your life, and you can, it affects, it affects the, your vision of this world. And you know, in photography, even in terms of, well, if you edit pictures, I don't know if you edit pictures, but I, I think, Lots of photographers edit pictures. I do yeah. edit pictures a little bit. Yeah. And I oh, can yeah. see that there were periods when I liked warmer colors, when yeah. I like darker colors. Nowadays, I'm all about dramatic lighting. <laughs> <laughs> I edit my photos, but very uh, minimally. Uh -huh, like, yeah, I, same, I don't like too same, much same. editing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all about, especially nowadays, it's all about natural 
approached so <laughs> tell me this because uh, we talked about we talked about music a fair bit before uh-huh. and you also work at Rockwood Musical hell yeah Rockwood Musical <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the second before I asked that I was going to be like, before I said that I was going to be like, oh does she want me to say where she works but fuck it you work at Rockwood yeah and you obviously love it um yeah Rockwood Musical is a great great place it's a um, you don't know, it's a music venue in Lower East Side. I'm like a pr- promoter, of this, uh, you know. Uh, we have several stages in there, very small and intimate. But what I like about Rock and Musical is that the whole idea of this place is to give musicians the opportunity to get exposed and grow uh, in the music scene, which is pretty complicated, especially in New York. Yeah. So we have Let's say when we book a band, we first book it for the smaller stage, then we grow to the bigger stage, and then if the band is talented and, you know, I'd say lucky, lucky enough, uh, yeah. they graduate from Rockwood and go play Coachella and all these big festivals. We had a, I've seen Loads bands, them, yeah. I've, I've seen bands doing this way and, you know. One, of, one of the best, uh, the Lone Bellow. They're the like Lone Bellow, band. yeah. They're, they're an unbelievable band. Exactly. I remember uh, seeing Zach Williams playing in stage one by himself and then boom, stage two, which is bigger stage. Yeah. And then in two years, boom, I, I hear their music in like a grocery store and then see them playing Coachella and stuff. This is actually really trippy because uh-huh. uh, I was meant to talk to them to him uh-huh. Zach, for the podcast yesterday but i was telling you how i had the cold so like uh-huh. I, we're supposed to have a call it was going to be on skype we're uh-huh. going to talk we're still going to do it but it's got postponed because we're going to have a skype call at noon and i woke up around nine in the morning uh-huh. uh freelance life everybody and um i remember immediately my throat was just like oh shit i can't talk <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst well, but they're an unbelievable band. For people listening who are unfamiliar with the Lone Bellow, go check them out because they will change your life. Yeah, that's super great. And Zach Williams has a great story how he got into music because he, I don't think he was super young when he started to do it. And just check, just Google Zach Williams and the Lone Bellow and. I think he has a very interesting story. How They're he really got amazing. Them. Tell yeah. me this, as someone who loves music so much, I feel like I already know the answer, but I wanted to have you go into this uh-huh. a little bit. As someone who loves music so much and has the opportunity to be so close to it the way you do, does that feel special for you? Like, what does it feel like being able to be so close to people performing and people working in a venue? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that look? Um, I'd say I feel kind of proud, you know, to be a part of this... I'd say Music Factory, Rock, Rockwood Empire, that helps um, musicians to, you know, to get exposed. And yeah, I feel pretty proud about it. And uh, I remember um, I was on tour with the band doing photography. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, doing photography for them. The melodic. The melodic. And I remember they played um, High Sierra Music Festival. They played a big stage. And I was on stage with them, and I remember I looked at the crowd, and there was like more than a thousand people, and my my heart started to beat so fast because it's such an exciting moment. I even cannot imagine how musicians feel on stage, like to be a musician and play for that many people. Is, yeah. I think it's incredible, 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 and powerful feeling. 
it's like funny this. I I have an experience that kind of you probably have these experiences all the time hanging out on stage I, well yeah I do, I do there's one that sticks out a lot where uh -huh. this was back in 2014 mm -hmm. uh, a band I, I've done photos of a lot Bombay Bicycle Club mm -hmm. the British band they're uh -huh. they're playing Webster Hall and it was sold out they played two shows at Webster Hall this is like the second night and I was on the side stage when they were doing the last song uh -huh. and the opening band and like some of the crew got on stage hitting like the drums and all this stuff and like you know like they brought like random uh like drum bits off mm -hmm. from other the other drum set and it was like a big party and i remember i joined on and i was like hitting like a cowbell yeah. like, but like it was the type of thing where i was so in the moment and uh -huh. i looked out in the crowd and it was like oh fuck that's a lot of yeah. fucking people <laughs> No, that's uh, isn't it amazing feeling? It's unbelievable. Like it's incredible to think that. Like, I mean, I'm going to a show tonight, and what I can't wait about it is that, like, when you're at a venue, the best feeling in the world to me is that, and I feel like you must feel this way about Rockwood a little bit. But one of the best things about a venue is you go in, and it doesn't matter where you come from, what's going uh -huh. on in your life, uh, the world doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Everything goes away. Well, that's why they say. There are three international languages in this world, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Rock and roll meaning the language of art and Do music. they say that? Yeah, it's three international languages. No, but wait, do they <laughs> Did you make the song? No. no, no. I know the sex, drugs, rock and roll part, but do people say those are like international languages? I, well, maybe I made this up, but logically, <laughs> it is three international languages. Well, look, sex, rock, and rock, and roll. Sex, the language of love. You don't, you don't need to speak the same language, literally. I think, you're assuming, have... I think you're assuming a lot of people are having good sex up there. <laughs> no, it's, it's all like <laughs> metaphorical. The language of love. You don't, if you have attraction to somebody, you don't... I think you're assuming a lot of people have love when they're having sex with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's I know what you mean. I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> the language of music, you don't need to, you know. I love how you skipped over the drugs part, though. That's kind of cheeky of you. You just skipped over the explaining the drugs part. Uh, well, <laughs> everybody knows dance. Yes, everyone does know. Everybody been to, to the bar a little tipsy or drunk. You don't really need to speak everyone, the language. <laughs> everyone's been at a very questionable place yeah. at 2 a.m. We've mm -hmm. all been there. Yeah. Very questionable places. Don't lie to yourself if you're listening. You've been to one of those places, too. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, like, this is heavy. I want to I wanna end on a heavy, not a heavy note, on a semi-heavy note, but I think we could go there. I think we could go on, like, a bit of a heavy question. All right. Because, you know, like, so we talked earlier about, like, goals and, like, you know, how uh -huh. being here, like, uh -huh. how sometimes it's better not to have goals and, like, how it's better mm -hmm. to just, like, live life within the moment. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that there's something about living here that makes not life easier, but in terms of like viewing life, like in terms of being around different people and seeing yourself, like, what do you feel the, as this is like super heavy, uh -huh. but what do you feel like the idea of life is for you, especially since you do creative stuff? Damn. Yeah, I know. That's, that's, that's a like philosophical question. I don't know if I can answer yeah, you can. You give this it a shot. question. That's you, can you, give it a shot. you search for the answer your whole life and that's pretty much the purpose of life. You know? Do you feel like it could ever be answered then? Uh? Do you think that's a, a question that could ever be answered? Because maybe that's the concern. I, I, don't, I don't think that it can ever be answered. I don't know. But what I can say is 
<clears throat> living in New York, while living in New York, I feel a way more fulfilled than I would live in a, let's say, smaller city. Just because I live in New York, every, every single day you step out from your house and you get exposed to all these people, experiences, crazy situations in a good and a bad, bad way. You learn a lot just from living here. You, do, you don't have to have a career or like goals. Just stepping outside and being open to the world, you I, I feel very fulfilled in here in terms of experiencing the life. But again, you gotta be open to this. Sometimes, you know, everybody goes through the periods when you are very close to the outer world and you just live in this little bubble and don't notice anything around you. But if you are open and I think, I think what's really great about this place because like I feel like what sends a lot of people for a loop in New York mm -hmm. is that like in contrast to so many other cities you're surrounded by so many people mm -hmm. but you can feel very lonely but I think what's a positive about that that people don't discuss enough is that when you're feeling lonely and you're feeling by yourself you get to face yourself which is very scary but it is. it's important it is hell yeah every time <clears throat> you know some of my friends let's say break up with a partner or something like yo which happens every week yeah. <laughs> for, for, for us in new york with, uh, new with york, fragile yeah. relationships yeah i always give a piece of advice i always say spend this time for yourself spend at least a few months for yourself getting back to knowing yourself because let's say when you're in relationships with somebody yeah. very often you start living a little bit the life of your partner and you kind of forget about who you are and what you love and I think it's very important to get back on this track and uh, learn again who you are to, you know, to feel comfortable in who you are and that's it. <laughs> no, I agree with that. That's really beautiful. You know, what's been really cool about talking with you, like I knew this is... Uh, this is going to be like pretty meta to talk this way, <laughs> but I think what was real. So when I initially said, hey, let's do this talk, uh -huh. I remember you were kind of like, uh, are you sure? Are you like, blah, blah, blah. like, I don't know. Yeah. You kind of, I'm like, not a superstar or something. <laughs> like, no. why do you want to talk to me? No, but I, like, I could tell from just like how you go about life and how you carry yourself that you just, I could tell you had really good things to say. And like, obviously with this talk, you, you see life in a really interesting way. I think more so than you recognize. So it's been a pleasure talking to you. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm, I'm all red, red in face. Red as a tomato. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people should definitely like check your Instagram out and all that uh, for sure. What's your Instagram handle? Do you know off the top of your head? Masha Shana. There we go. Say it one Ma more time. Masha Shana. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely add a link to the thing because the way you interpret life and just take photos is magnificent. And yeah, thanks for joining again. Oh, thank you for talking to me. No, of course.